This is the chop up, trying to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. Uh, we gonna keep it pushing, get into get into the uh political chop. Let's get it cracking. Um, we got a few things that we got a few things to talk about today. We got a few uh um interesting things that's happened in terms of politics. But one of the things that I want to talk about uh first. Uh, which is a which is a pretty big deal to me, but I want to figure out where it is in terms of where y'all uh, see coronavirus shit, right? And that is in terms of evictions, right? Like, so with a lot of people being laid off, a lot of people losing jobs, what you see around the country is we're, we're trying to figure out the question of how do, what's the relationship between landlords and tenants in a world where you have, you can have an entire uh, or half of an entire apartment complex lose their job. Right. So you've had moratoriums around the country on evictions um, in places like Maryland. You've you've had actual full out protests. People have came out and said, you know, we standing outside in front of the courts. We blocking the sheriff from kicking people out their house. And this is crucial. Right. This is big because, you know, I mean, when you're dealing with a health crisis, the last thing you need is shelters being full of people. You know what I'm saying? Who you know are, are trying to figure out what's next? So, or um, large populations that already have just literally lapses in data, like missing information because they're misplaced. So the data for them is often inconclusive because they out there just kind of making it how to get in how they live. Right. So, um, and I mean, and, it, and it's all the way from you got some states, you got some cities where the government is saying, "Nah, you can't evict people right now." You got Donald Trump making statements saying he'll sign an executive order to assist the tenant. You know what I'm saying? This which is a smart move by him because shit, if he was for people getting kicked out their house, he, he might as well pack his bags from the White House right the fuck now. Uh and but it's all the way to the extreme where you've had a case of a a tenant beheading his landlord in a dispute over uh an eviction. So in a, in a world where we de- we're still dealing with COVID, we're still dealing with increasing cases. We've just seen like Houston, George, uh, you was letting us know how uh, in, in the last three days or so, they've had more cases than they had in months. You know what I'm saying? So uh, in the month of May, in the month of May, they had more cases in the past three days than they had in the month of May. And so uh, in, in terms of this eviction crisis, where do y'all see in, 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 uh, its importance? Uh, in terms of uh, something that we need to address from a federal pol- uh, political level, from also from the local level, where do y'all rank it in terms of things that not, uh, uh, need to be taken care of, like in the world where we're dealing with a pandemic creating a bunch of different crises? Listen, it's high as hell, and I'm going to tell you why. Displacement is one of the biggest issues that will confront a lot of people in a lot of interesting ways, largely because it already has. And it's because displacement has shown itself just not in the ways we usually see it. When we see people who have already experienced coronavirus being their own house, you know what I'm saying? They have to figure out how to separate themselves from everybody else, how to stay away from everybody else. And a lot of these people are not in your typical families. They already, you know, huddled up in a house, making things worth sharing bathrooms, sharing stuff like that. And so people are already displaced and that's only being exposed more by the fact that they can't just quarantine, everybody can't just quarantine in their house. And so it's a lot of crazy stuff happening in terms of how people are already living. Now you take that and exacerbate it, make it worse by then putting people literally out of four or five, four walls, 
literally out of put, putting people out of the way and separating, um, you know what I'm saying, areas and places where they can go and be by themselves. And now you got a whole bunch of people spreading stuff to each other because they nomadic, right? You got more people stuffing themselves inside of houses and households where you literally just can't be apart. And we've seen that with essential workers, right? I can't separate myself. I'm in here. I go to work every day and this is where I sleep and this is where I live and this is what I do. And it is what it is. Everybody got their space and this is mine. And so displacement will only make things worse. And this is one thing, and I'll say this and leave it alone, that I was going to talk about in regards to displacement in the snapshot before I switched it up. And that is the fact that it's a hurricane happening right now in South Carolina moving north. Right. So it's supposed to hit in the South Carolina tonight, move through North Carolina and go all the way up to Maine. You don't think that's going to displace more people. So they're going to be in shelters and stuff like that. Maybe they was being evicted. Maybe they wasn't. But they're going to be evicted one way or another. And it's going to create a situation where shelters are going to be jam packed. People are going to have to huddle together and share resources. And we do not have the protocols in line to do that. And the coronavirus is just something else. So how high is it? Not had a protocols to do it. It's super high. Yeah. What you talking about, George? I'm gonna let you go first. The way Zayn in the background screaming. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. So, from my perspective, I, I definitely think that that is an entire uh, creates an entire you know what I'm saying tsunami of issues on its own. That displacement, right? We literally like when we talk about displacement, we usually talking about third world countries during civil war where the civilians don't have nowhere to go. We are literally living in a country where, in a world where people shouldn't be crowded into anything. We're being forced to protest from being forced to crowd into homeless shelters. You know what I'm saying? So it's like even even in a world where we're talking about the economy and getting things back open. I know politicians were saying what they were saying, what they needed to say uh, in terms of opening the economy. But ultimately, when they were saying they was willing to sacrifice lives to uh, to to combat this economic downturn, which was inevitable anyway. That's when we really got a bigger problem on our hands. And we're seeing these things play out where the fact that landlords feel comfortable evicting people during this time, right? There's no, like, there's no communal thought to think like, well, it, it, it's not, it's not appropriate right now. You know what I mean? And so ultimately, I mean, it, a lot of people are saying like, this is my livelihood too. Like renting was a business that I went to or went into to, to pay my bills, to pay my mortgage or whatever. And so in a lot of ways, it's the underbelly of capitalism because nobody's prepared to go on the hole for a year. The same savings y'all mad at us for not trying to pay our rent is the same savings you don't have to pay your rent. Now look at you being a bully to me because you can. And so it's really a messed up situation all around because, and listen, landlord's bad. My argument, the way they do it, the way they move, terrible. But they are also victims of this vicious yeah, I'm about to say, Tori got into exactly what I'm about to say. Because I'm about to say, I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely, you know what I'm saying, on the side of the tenants every day of the week. But I recognize it's like, hey, landlords got family fees and bills to pay too. Yeah. And I think that to me, I hate, you know, I hate when we do this on the show, when we reference a, 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 a previous segment. But I think it's the reason why the conversation about Beyonce's investment to capitalism is a, is a serious conversation, because I think that this is more importantly a capitalism shortcoming that's being exposed, literally being exposed by the coronavirus pandemic. Because yeah. I think that it's literally uh, I'm saying about hey, at the end of the day, we all trying to have the end of the, the riches. Most of us trying to have the riches that Beyonce has. You know what I'm saying? And being able to have the riches that Beyonce has, one has to be able to be stringent and rigorous about the business that they able to conduct. 
You feel me? This means shit. Nobody got to, you know what I'm saying? Nobody making it. You can't let nobody make it that damn near. You feel me? So it's yeah. really like, if, for me, it's like one of, the, one of the contradictions of capitalism. You feel me? On one end, we care about profit. On the other end, we're trying to care about people. And sometimes we see how this thing with the tenants, you can't care about them both. Yeah, yeah, you can't care about them both. Ultimately, it's like shit. If we all taking L's, we all taking L's, and it's like it's 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 kind of like that that class trader shit. That's why I say race plays such a huge role in, in mystifying class because it's it's certain shit that we grasp onto to make us enemies of the people that's in the same situation as us. Yeah, and you know because we want to be more uh, because we want to have more value because we want to have profit because we want to be able to because we want to be like the people that that have the money we're more sympathetic to them than the people that's actually in the same uh situation as us and that's what we see playing out with this eviction shit um hey, so I, 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 yeah, the comments uh master uh mp3 shout out to the puppy and the georgia's little ones the children are here they're live and in you live in color so shout out to the kids uh he says the federal reserve is printing money at record levels and we just can't and we can't get it to the people who need it and that's absolutely the fact. You know what I'm saying? In fact, I think I don't know if there was any for the CARES Act or for any help act or whatever, hero act or whatever this stuff is. If there's anything directly that goes to landlords, I don't know what type of I don't know if that was a small business loan or a part of what they could apply for. Probably so. But it had to be. They had to know, be. It had to be. Yeah. Yeah, for them to, to get some type of relief. But you know, it's it's a lot of just resources being withheld from people out of selfishness and stinginess that's messed up. Xavier says it should be a top-down approach from the government, pay the banks, have them pass the funds to the landlords and have them not kick out the renters. But that's too it much. It could all be so simple. It's too much like right, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but they gotta make it hard. That's too much like right. You can't just go to school, act right, do your homework, come home, go to bed, do it again the next day. That's too much mm, like right. Too much so like right. We look at our politicians and coming up with logical, functional ways to deal with this issue, like Canada, for example, paying people two thousand dollars a month, sending them on their way, making sure they're Gucci and solid, and we just kind of go from there. But that's too much, like right, Nick yeah. Brady. I'll say this: there is a difference between individual landlords and corporate landlords. The majority of landlords are corporate, so not those who are paying off a mortgage. We are talking about folks who own a portfolio of properties. These, the individual landlords, should be fighting alongside tenants and demand both a moratorium on rent and a moratorium on mortgages. Dama. Nah, uh, that's that's facts. I mean, because ultimately, you are talking about two different, two hugely different groups, two hugely different groups. Like you got people who own, you know, who've invested and just owning a couple properties that they keep up themselves. We're talking about people being evicted from large uh, corporate owned apartment complexes that are, you know, what I'm saying that own uh, that have thousands of tenants. You know, what I'm saying in, in in one city. You know, what I'm saying you got two or three different apart com- apartment complexes managed by this one, you know what I'm saying, entity, and they kicking half they fuck they trying to kick half they fucking apartment complex out. That's yeah. the it's it's something that we need to be cognizant of. This is something else where if it's allowed to go under the rug, it, it creates crises that we don't find out about too late. I mean, and anybody that study history, we need to stop. You said what? And it sets a precedent, you know what I'm saying? Because all of a sudden what we did before and how it works is just how it's done, you know what I'm saying? So we gotta be more creative the first time around. That's it. Uh, but we're gonna we gonna keep it going. We got a few things we're gonna discuss uh in today's political chop. So make sure hey y'all y'all stay on the lookout for that. And anything that y'all can do, if it's any rent funds that you can donate to, 
You know what I'm saying? If it's any, uh, I mean, any organizations or groups that's fighting specifically people getting evicted from their homes, pay attention to that. That's that's a large part of all, like, not just when niggas is protesting, burning shit down, but when niggas just need help. We should also support and uh, do what we need to do for them. Uh, our next topic on the political chop tonight is Joe Biden's VP uh, short list of sisters. It's a short list of sisters. Short Specifically, you see, I had to throw that A in there so y'all know who we're talking about. When you say sister, you're talking about somebody specifically. Now, Joe Biden made the commitment that he's going to have a black woman or a woman VP specifically, but he's definitely always been leaning towards a black woman as his VP. Now, uh, the three names that we are most familiar with, we're going to start with uh, one of the biggest names, the one of the more known names, and that's Kamala Harris. Uh, the junior senator out of California, elected since 2017, a member of the Democratic Party. Uh, she's the second African-American woman and the first South Asian-American woman to serve in the United States Senate. Uh, now, we know Kamala Harris's reputation as an attorney general. We know the accusations that's been levied towards her in, in terms of her being the police. Um, but... That's one of the top names on there now. And we also know that it's people in Joe Biden's camp that was like, nah, we really don't want to fuck with her. But that's one of the first names. Now, I'm going to get y'all. I want y'all's thoughts on um, on, on these three ladies once we kind of lay out the tail of the tape. Uh, the next candidate who kind of got the biggest um, boost more recently, um, but also ran into some issues as of today is Karen Bass. Uh, she is a U.S. representative uh, out of California's 37th district. Karen Bass. Since That's the name, huh? Yeah, since 2013. She was a representative for the 33rd district from 2011 to 2013. Uh, and she, her name recently popped up as well as some controversy with some comments that she made about being um, amenable and being more uh, friendly with Fidel Castro, which bothers some Florida Democrats. But that's really... The, the biggest controversies that came up in terms of what would put uh, what would have her in the way. And last but definitely not least is a rising star in the Democratic Party, and that's Stacey Abrams. Uh, she served in the Georgia House of Representatives from 2007 to 2017 uh, as its minority leader from 2011 to 2017. She recently in 2018 ran uh, for governor of this governor of Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, the governor of Georgia, where she lost to Brian Kemp, who was actually the secretary of state, who was over the elections at the time and was accused of many different practices that limited the accessibility for black people in lower income neighborhoods to have access to uh, voting. Those are uh, the, the main three names on the, on, on the short list. Now, we can't definitely, this is the chop up. We don't, we're not connected to Washington Post and none of that shit. So we're just going based off of what's been put out there. But with these three names, these three black women, which one do y'all think has the best chance to make Joe Biden more uh, palpable for black people to be like, all right, we, we, we could fuck with you? Stacey Abrams, Karen Bass, or, or Kamala, who can give Joe Biden the juice? I think when it's all said and done, Kamala Harris is going to be the one to do it. Um, and I'll tell you why. A lot of the people's concerns, first of all, just familiarity and perception of experience, right? Outside of her being in the primaries, 
She just kind of seems to, she's been in a lot of footage, handling people and taking ta people to task in these various hearings. Like it's just kind of a little bit more recognition and I think people are gonna be willing to give credibility to Stacey Abrams through. I think she's gonna have to get that governor position, gonna have to be a little bit more tenacious about some of the positions that she holds in order to really kind of sustain people's attention. So I think she might be a really good competitor to whoever runs in 2024 um, and she'll have some more time to get some juice and get kind of up. But I think Kamala's gonna be good. Now here's why it's conflictual. From what I understand, I was told not an NPR Twitter, um, is that a lot of people are on the house with Kamala because they think she's going to have her own secondary agenda, right? Like they think that she's going to be too distracted trying to go for the 2024 seat, that she's not going to be focused on really being supportive of Joe Biden. So it's going to create kind of a culture clash and a clash or a divergence of interest because she got an agenda too. And mm -hmm. so- I think while that could be a concern and whatever that's mean, because I think that's coded for this black lady gonna come in here and, and start some bullshit that we ain't trying yeah, to do. Yeah, she's trying to do she's trying to do her own shit. I really think more realistically, she probably learned a lot. You know what I'm saying? We haven't heard a lot from Kamala Harris outside of this mm -hmm. kind of you know what I'm saying? So I think she probably learned a lot. She reflected, she's sitting, she's talking to people, she's being prompt, she's being prepared to really fill the void. I hope she's being coached on how to answer the policing questions, because that's why niggas was like, we don't buy it. You still kind of have to a lot of the wild shit that you did to niggas. And and I, I really, I asked Dominique, like, would it be a world where if Kamala came out and said, you know what? I'm sorry. I was wrong. Forgive me. I'm ready to really make a better relationship out of myself and a better legacy for myself between myself and the police. Mm. She might maybe got some space. But I think the other candidates, even um, I, I'm not familiar with the other candidates. Karen Bass, yeah. I didn't talk more about her, but that's why I'm saying, like, the, the Democrats in Florida were never going to win. Like, it's Florida. Republicans over Florida were going to rise and be, so I hate to be that pessimistic about it, but who cares if they mad they don't want to support it? But, but, hey, <laughs> Florida swing state? I thought Florida was a swing state. I mean, yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a swing state, and that's, but... Okay, I mean, let me all, that dismissive then. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, but ultimately... See, I think, yeah. think Stacey Abrams will help Joe Biden more in terms of the African American vote, as they would call it. But I think that that more quick. I, I feel. I feel like that ain't the question. I feel like at this point, Joe Biden probably feel like, man, I got niggas. You feel me? If you ain't, if you ain't black, you ain't voting for me. If you, if you ain't, if you ain't black, you feel me? Well, I mean, but not from, but not from his standpoint. More so from the standpoint of like, but what would who. Who I think from could, his standpoint, though, I agree with Toya. From his standpoint, I think that he has to go with Kamala Harris to be able to appeal to the more kind of moderate, moderate Democrats that still like they social, you know what I'm saying? Uh, they still like they uh, law and order. You feel me? And how Kamala Harris is able to appeal to that more progressive law and order. I think it's an oxymoron, but pro progressive law and order that Kamala Harris is able to put forth. I think that I it kind of, you know. Let me, I'm going to tell y'all whoever, whatever it is. And shout out to Jaleesa in the comments, definitely dropping some knowledge. She thinking, she wants it to be Stacey Abrams, but is thinking it's probably going to be Kamala Khan. Like, you know, here, like, here's what, because those moderate Democratic voters who kind of on the fences about law and order, it still was always going to already vote for Joe Biden. Because there was already moderate Democrats who already had oh, the yeah. ass out of here, right? So here's what Kamala's going to have to do or whoever he picks is going to have to do. He, they're going to have to break the tie between this begrudging vote that we put in, right? We are voting begrudgingly, the lesser of two evils. Don't mm -hmm. nobody really want to vote for Joe Biden's ass, too. So whoever is the vice presidential candidate has to get something, give us something excited to vote for. It, it, it has to break, it, it has to uh, allow it for it to break either way, yeah. 
it got to break the deadlock. It got to give some type of hope. It got to give some type of fire. It has to get us excited. And it, you got a little bit of time to do it and very hurt, very broken people. So I don't know what the hell it could be. But you got to give me some shimmer. You got to give me some shimmy shake. You got to give me something because we got to break that tie. Shout out to Deja in the comments just pulled up. Hello to you. Hey to you. What's cracking? Yeah, my little sister D Lee. That's D Lee. Straight up. Um, and so and and I and I say this. Um, who and, and and we can we can get to the last the the last chop or not the last chop but the last part of the political chop. Um, I would have to I would have to say I think Stacey Abrams is, is I think Stacey Abrams does that. Um, I think I think Kamala Harris also though. The, the the only thing that gets in the way with Kamala Harris is that even though we have that perception of her being the police, her being a cop and that, that type of shit, she also has a lot of Asian people that, that are willing to be like, we're behind her too. Because, you know what I'm saying, she, like, uh, because of that Indian descent. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's why it's an opportunity for, you know, two communities to come together and be a part of a similar voting block. And so while I think Kamala is more or, or Stacey Abrams would be more beneficial for black people. Kamala, as a, from a campaign standpoint, would has a broader um, reach, two different communities. And, and we know when it comes to Democrats uh, winning elections, like Obama did with his Obama coalition, you need multiple uh, groups of people coming together saying, we're going to support this one candidate in order for them to, to uh, overcome I mean, yeah, but I don't think I don't think she tries to rep for her Indian side nearly as hard as she tries to. You know what I'm saying? So, your man, come on! I used to smoke some weed, listen to the Snoop Dogg album. True. I mean, but but it's definitely and something that's progressive that, cop. And it's it's definitely something that that's that's gonna come up though. It's True. definitely something that she would embrace, especially in a presidential election. True. But let's get to this. Let's get to this last part. Real quick, I mean, it, Kamala Harris because she likes skin and liberals will see the Obama and her. And I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I think that's, that's that's the reason why I bust out laughing because it's like I really is like man, I wanna faith. Simplicity, but like nah, man, nah, nah, that. That's the, like she like she like that's knowledge. That's political plug approved right there. Right. I was like, that's get the shit. Right there, man. Shout out to my wife. Hey, hey. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Sarah Harris because I couldn't have said it better myself. Liberals see the Obama, see the Obama in her faith. I couldn't have said it better myself. Liberals love some good old colorism. You know what I'm saying? We yeah. know that conservatives love niggas that pander to them and they anti black apologists and white supremacist sympathizers. But we know that liberals love. Light skins. <laughs> All right. So the last, so the last part of this is is we gonna um we gonna call this this last portion president saying silly shit. Um now we're gonna rank. I want y'all to rank one, two, three. I'm gonna give y'all three statements from presidents over the last couple uh, over the last week and a half or so. You feel me? <laughs> I got three statements from three presidents. Current president, Donald J. Trump, former president uh William Clinton, and former president. Barack Hussein Obama. Three statements. We're going to rank them in terms of they silliest. Silliness? Silliness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, first statement. President Donald Trump, in a tweet, stated (coughs) that due to COVID concerns, as well as concerns with uh, 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 male, uh, uh, what, male voting, yeah. Voting by mail, I said mail voting or the men vote and women right. uh voting through you know what I'm saying, uh mail-in yeah. ballots, all of that. Donald Trump said because it's some corruption associated with mail-in ballots, 
we should delay the election or look into delaying the election, putting off a presidential election. You know what I'm saying? Because of fraud associated with mail, uh, mail-in ballots. Even though anybody who does the simplest Google search in mail-in ballots will see it doesn't happen. Less than one percent. We got that. We got we have a current we have a current sitting president suggesting to delay an election for fraud that's he claims is happening, but that's not middle really school research to tell you it's not really happening. Right. The second statement was made by Bill Clinton uh, at the service for uh, the late, great John Lewis. Yeah, Billy, Willie, Willie, Billy Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, look. No, because George, he's been waiting on this one. This like, George been wanting me to get into the smoke because he's like, nigga, your hero. He, nigga, he, uh, he came at your hero. What I you. Somebody say some shit about you, E.P. Newton, and I'm coming. Yeah, he coming. <laughs> uh, it don't matter who you is. I'm going I'm to go address that. You feel yeah, me? Hey, straight I'm, up. I'm addressing that shit. You feel but me? to be clear, but to be, but to be clear, so Bill Clinton at, a, at the service for John Lewis said, uh, talking about John Lewis replacing Stokely Carmichael as the leader of SNCC and being in charge of SNCC, he phrased it as if there was a competition between the two and that Stokely Carmichael had a, a certain mindset and mentality and how the movement should look. And John Lewis had a, a mentality, how the movement should look. And he said, he framed it as Stokely almost won and Stokely almost had control of the movement, but John Lewis to, uh, was able to prevail as if, John Lewis toppled Stokely Carmichael like they were and they were in opposition or some shit. The last statement is made by President Barack Hussein Obama on a podcast with him and his wife and they're talking about uh, voting and they're saying they're suggesting that uh, young people don't vote because they're self-absorbed that young people are extremely focused on themselves and they quote, know more about the cereal they're eating and the car they're driving than how government works. So they completely <laughs> it was, they completely disparaged younger voters in an elitist way to say y'all don't know what the fuck y'all doing. Y'all don't know what the fuck y'all talking about. Alright? And that's why y'all don't vote. Because y'all stupid. And y'all, no, y'all not stupid. Y'all just goofy as hell. Y'all worried about y'all cereal and shit. And y'all, y'all don't know how government works. That was a statement made by uh by, by the Obamas. <laughs> so we got we got three silly ass comments, three silly ass statements by presidents. How would y'all rank those from you know what I'm saying? One, it was like, okay, I see what you're saying to the silliest. You know what I'm saying? Toya, go ahead and rank them. Master MP3 said Clint need to worry about not getting convicted, diddling kids, and I agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, they ain't going nowhere. Y'all thought, right. y'all, y'all thought y'all can be in cahoots. You feel me? It probably was the only thing the Clintons and the Trumps agreed on in the past 10 years. Yeah. So, ain't knocked off, man. Go ahead, please. Hell, this is the order I'm going to say. They silly as hell, but this is like the disrespect. I think the, the kind of Number three for me on the disrespect meter, the silly meter that's just like you shut up is Donald Trump, right? Because he voted absentee and does so from Florida because he lives in DC and lived in New York. So he was doing signing absentee balance and stuff like that. And that's how he was voting from Florida for a long time. Number two, the military and a whole bunch of other people 
who make those types of decisions is end up voting absentee, which is not very, really very different from vote by mail. And it's highly successful, no problems, no fraud. So it's just like, stop. You know what I'm saying? And from what I understood, I think he's still consistent with this idea, but there are people who are forcing him to ch- kind of change his framing and his talking and how he's talking about it. So hopefully he's back. Fake news. <laughs> Absolutely. Number two, I think on this list is Barack Obama, just because you sound dumb as hell. Nigga, wow, you putting you putting OBZ before uh it's how you had two terms, bro. The you vote is the reason why people got behind uh people like Bernie Sanders and were able to really galvanize some potentially meaningful uh candidates in the world where Joe Biden only won because of the establishment and not because because of the young people not showing up. You know what I'm saying? And young people are also hip to how corrupt the system is. You want to say people don't know about the system. You know what young people ain't forgot about? And I talk about this element of elections every single time because it always falls to the backdrop. The electoral college is a sham. It's a piece of shit. It knocks down people's political hope and pride every single time. The president is supposed to be Hillary Clinton. The youth voted for Hillary Clinton and Hillary Clinton did not win. People do not have faith in a system that they ain't like. They done seen, you talking about the youth not voting, by the time they get to high school, they done voted for student council presidents and the most popular person won. They done voted for homecoming kings and prom kings mm-hmm. and the most. They done, so you voting, vote, count them, you win. Anything outside of that is unacceptable to this generation. So don't try to play us. Number one, most silliest, but also I'll say the rudest and most problematic statement out of all of this is to be honest from Bill Clinton. Here's the reason why. What he said is textbook white supremacy because <laughs> two political <laughs> against each other, right and tarnish the legacies and the relationships and the coalitions they were able to build which is hella problematic and is a way that you d- mishistoricize dehistoricize and really fuck up the legacy of two people who was down with each other i'm gonna show y'all this is my favorite one of my favorite clips and it came out What is the point of making statements like that when these two men in their older years and in their elder years are saluting each other, showing each other love, hailing each other, giving people pride, giving each other pride and just 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 care. Black men loving on each other in public. But forget those moments like that. You want to sit up here and evoke like just and it's these slippages because I know he didn't get up there like I'm gonna be a white supremacist today, but that's what he did. So he tried. I go ahead, George. That, that was definitive. And so, yeah. hold on, so, so one on, on the, the the most egregious, the silliest, Bill Clinton, Obama second, and Trump get a pass by being the least. You know, fuck? They all foolish. <laughs> you no, know, no, it's all foolish. But ultimately, when and, and, and when you rank them three, this is probably the only time you'll hear any like Trump below. Yeah, Trump, Trump three for me too, man. Okay, Trump is three for you too. Okay. The person that showed me that can be consistently irrational, you know what I'm saying? And I hate to even use irrational, you know what I'm saying? Rational, like, I hate to weaponize the notion of ration like this, you feel me? But Trump has showed me that shit, he's consistently irrational. 
So him saying this shit is like, okay, Trump, I'm sure tomorrow you say something else crazy. Whatever, you feel me? You know well, what this, this ain't even bad compared to the shit. That ain't, this ain't even yeah. bad. You feel me? To me, it's yeah. like Trump being like, damn, can I get like two more minutes, five more minutes? Damn, I know y'all, I know how to mix up the economy thing and y'all pick me for being, you know what I'm saying, an economic expert. And I'm not sure my ex economic expertise right now. You right. Feel? No expertise. Right. Oh, yeah. Money. I know, I know, I know. I'm messing the money up. I know the, the economy, uh, uh, shit, nine months ago, I was talking about how great it is. And now it's going, <laughs> you know what I'm mean? We're going to let that go. You feel me? For me, number two, and you know what? Toya almost convinced me to go the other way. But for me, number two is, you know what I'm saying? Uh, to me, number two is Willie Billy Clinton. You feel me? Because <laughs> to me, it's like, hey, man. To, to me, it's like, hey, you feel me? I know it's the it's the it's, it's, it's a chop up podcast, so I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna say nothing too provocative. I ain't gonna say nothing too sensational. You know what I'm saying? So I'm gonna keep it simple. You feel me? Bill Clinton has already showed me that he has a smooth, cool ass way of mobilizing white supremacy. He not already showed me that his track record. You feel me? He not already showed me that. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm put him at number two because it's like all right. You know what I'm saying? Bill Bill Clinton. It's it's not. Hey, listen, listen to all the to all the non-black people that's listening. You feel me to this podcast right now? If you have the honor and privilege to speak at someone's a black person's funeral, don't you ever, 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 ever evoke any type of conflicts, any type of you know what I'm saying disgruntlement, any type of don't make no damn sense. Listen, you feel me? Don't make no damn sense. a white supremacy. Y'all know, you know what I'm saying, for that movie Django. Is that a nigga on a horse? You feel me? They had something in there called, you know, a Mandingo fighting. You feel me? And it's man, it's to me, it's modern, it's modern ways that Mandingo fighting can manifest itself. And I think that what Bill Clinton did was showing you how niggas, even in death, can be pitted against each other, and it might not never been no beef in them in the first place. You feel me? That's that's something there, you know what I'm saying? But to me, number one, it gotta be, you know what I'm saying? Like it gotta be Barack Obama. It's like, hey, listen, Barack Obama, you somebody as a as a as a as a liberal, you one of them liberals that like to prize yourself on logic. And I just think that it's just illogical because <laughs> we can count, listen, it's three elections in a row. 2008, 2012, 2016. The young folks, almost, you know what? I ain't gonna repeat too much what y'all said. Barack Obama, how dare you bite the hand? That voted you in. That elected your ass. <laughs> yeah, you bit the I hand that cast the hand that voted yeah. you in, man. Stop yeah. playing them games, man. I let and and, and everybody, everybody else in the chat. I want y'all rankings. Um, because I'm gonna say mine real quick. We're gonna get the chat rankings and then we're gonna we're gonna get to the uh we're gonna get to the conscious chop. Uh mine is is actually the, I think is is reverse from y'all's. Mm. Um third, I put Barack Obama. Niggas don't know how government works, they know government corrupt. They know niggas is crooked. They know politicians ain't shit. But niggas do not know shit. <laughs> niggas don't know how. I, I agree wholeheartedly with Barack Obama. Does he need to be saying that shit? No, bro. You don't need. Like, that's not how it moves. Like, you got to be like, hey, youngins, I fuck with y'all. Like, you know what I'm saying? Chris said he said Barack Obama always talking down to people. And this is why I call, bro, wrong, I call Domo the Joe Button of the chopper. <laughs> yeah. The old ass, uncle ass criticism perspective every time. I mean, he's just yeah. Obama's yeah. not like, because okay, yeah. Obama's salty because because this is the thing, and, and it's funny that even that that even like who the person that called this out of the tweet put it out was a Bernie Sanders supporter. 
the reason why what what uh, Barack Obama is talking about is why Bernie Sanders didn't win the election. It's like, okay, yeah, you hate corruption. That don't mean, you know what I'm saying? If, but that also means that if you don't turn out, then you're going to miss every shot you don't take. Like the man that represented your values the most did not get the overwhelming support that he needed in order to beat Joe Biden. That's why we're dealing with Joe Biden. So, so the reason why I put I put uh, Obama third is because he has a point, specifically if you look in the context of 2018. It is what it is. Sure. I put Bill Clinton second. I put Bill Clinton second for the same reason why Toya put him first and why George, why George put him second. It's like, I agree, Toya. It's like that's that's what that's what white, uh, racism looks like. That's what white supremacy looks like. But also with George, is it's Bill Clinton, old senile ass. Do you see that? He don't even look like he need to be up there speaking. My but nigga need to see at the, fume, at the fume. Like I think that's where it's just like, damn. Can we? <laughs> right. I mean, it is like I, I mean I understand, I and, and it wasn't. And and I, and I and this is why I'm kind of I'm kind of on the fence. It's like it's like a toss up with Bill Clinton. The, but the only thing is, it's like Bill Clinton isn't in power, so his statement is just like a, the ranting of an old white man, sure. like an old white liberal. You know what I'm saying? He he can't control. He ain't he ain't control a shit. He's just a, a white man that says some silly shit, and we supposed to expect that from uh, old white liberals. <laughs> but number one, like this sitting president is talking about the land. That's like literally fascism one on one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's literally like, ah, nah, you know what? This election shit, we're not going to do it like we normally going to do it. because hey, It's America. And it's wrong with a little fascism. Man, here. man stop. actually, nigga, it's America. It's a lot wrong with a little fascism. That's supposed to be, you know what I mean? Like, fascism is actually antithetical to America, to, to the foundation of it. It's freedom. A lot of, you know what I'm saying? There's a lot of people saying, y'all too, y'all too calm right now. Y'all too calm. Y'all too chill. Man, yeah. These are the signs of fascism 101, basics, fundamentals. And y'all not really picking up what's what's being put down. Donald so, Trump been showing it, though. You but look, but, it, but, see, that's, but, but see, that's the problem, though. Just because we don't need to be numb to it. We we should not be numb to man, fascism I'm numb. because we don't. I'm desensitized, man. It's people yeah, that making nigga great again, man. You can't, that's like saying you, are again. you are you, desens- are you nigga are you desensitized to heteronormativity, nigga? No. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Maybe unconsciously in some ways. Yeah, maybe. I think that, I think that, I think that, that, man, when it comes to like social norms, bro, I think that it's just really a smooth ass, cool ass way that uh, a a lot of America has, I think, has been persuaded by the Pope Pippin of Donald Trump. That's a problem. Bro, and that's what I'm saying. And and then I'll say this, I'll say this, um, and then we'll get the faiths, we'll get the, she's the only one who followed the instructions and gave niggas a list. Thank you. I gave a list. No, no, I'm saying I'm talking about the chat. Yeah, yeah you gave your life. Um, but I, but that's the problem, right? Like, we we sit back and niggas be like, "Damn, how did this happen in history? How did they live in a world where they was letting people do that?" Because niggas was okay with it. Niggas was looking at it like, "Damn, that's what they do." You feel me? And so, like, we can't be that. We can't move like that. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we got faith. She said Obama number one, Clinton two. Three Trump, 
Um, Obama the silliest because the young people are the reason you were voted in. That's true. I I mean, and and, and really, you know, all of these, every, regardless of how you do it, it's debatable because this was just silly shit by, said by niggas who was at one point are currently leaders of the free world. You know what I'm saying? All we're so, missing is a nice little old George Bush quote, and we can rank the top the, the last four American presidents on the silliest shit that he said. To me, this is to me, this is 2020 illustrated. Yeah, facts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the niggas that set the highest standard is looking the silliest. Um, and then the last comment we're gonna get to is Benjamin Saunders. He said, Yeah, I gotta put Trump in the number one slot, whether he's straight talk or not. Uh <laughs> he said, then Clinton. Uh, then Clinton, then Obama can't give Billy a pass just because we expect it. That's above on Trump, and at least Obama has some faith, right? Yeah. So me and me and Benjamin had the same list. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's we're gonna keep the conversation going. Of course, when y'all see these clips, when y'all see you know the promotion of everything going out, we gonna uh, again comment. Let's keep it happening. I mean, we can't just be set and letting fascists like be okay. Like <laughs> okay, niggas playing y'all. Yeah, not at all. But uh George is rounding up uh, oh, yeah. uh rounding I want to shout out Barack Obama's page just so that you can see when you can do your mail in voting if you really felt some type of way about Trump. He got the deadlines. I mentioned this last week, but if you go to his Instagram, he has the deadlines that you can request your mail in ballot. 